want to be in Isaiah 59, 19. And uh, we're just, uh, we had a blessed time this week. We was in six services between Monday and Tuesday. If you count Sunday and today, that's eight services in four days. Pretty good. So I'm thankful for that. And uh, I'm just thankful. And we went down, you know, and you never know when you go to other churches what you're going to find. Nowadays, it's just never know you never know but when you go to other churches and you find multiple churches multiple pastors that know what the presence of god is and that the anointing is in the church it's encouraging because we're not in this alone church we're not there's like-minded brothers and sisters and pastors around this world that have still just like the lord told to elijah have not yet bowed the knee to Baal, but they're still reserved for his kingdom's purpose for such a time as this and I'm just thankful for that. And what I want to talk about is, I, I, I changed my title, uh, Tim, <laughs> but this is what I want to change it to. This, this is it, but that's beautiful. This is, this is what the scriptures on. But I, I want to talk to you about the standard that God's going to raise up in the last days. The standard that God's going to raise up in the last days. And... We see it right here. The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard. That's, that was my title. The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard. We wonder oftentimes what the world's going to come to. We wonder what God's going to do in these last days, how He's going to do it. We wonder well, about everything going on in the church, all the terrible things we hear that, that happen all around this world. And we wonder what in this world is going to happen. Well, I can tell you through Bible, through Scripture, that the Spirit of the Lord is going to lift up a standard. I said the Spirit of the Lord is going to lift up a standard. And it's not... It's not by might, Zechariah said. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And in these last days, and I'm talking about the last of the last days, we see prophecy being fulfilled like never before. And I know they've been saying for the last 50 to 100 years, and the preachers have been preaching that we are in the last days, but we're getting closer and closer. And they may not have meant it. It still was in the last days then. But right now we are on the brink. We're on the twilight of judgment. But I believe that God is not going to leave His church by itself. That He's not going to leave it destroyed and shattered. But that God is going to lift up a standard by His Spirit. Amen. And Isaiah says, so, in verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun. And you all know this. When the enemy, not if, but when the enemy shall come in like a flood. I'm going to stop there just for a second. The comma was added in the King James translation in the wrong spot. The Greek translation changes this around a little bit. In the King James translation, we look at it and we see that the enemy is coming in like a flood. But what the Greek points to is this. When the enemy comes, shall come in. Come. Like a flood. The Spirit of the Lord. 
is going to lift up the same. You got to get that. That's what the Greek points to. It's not the enemy that's like a flood. It's the spirit. It's like a flood. The spirit of the Lord is going to lift up a stand. And how many knows that when a flood comes, they talk about that flood of 1977, that it took those big uh, mining buildings and all those uh, huge uh, buildings that they used as shower houses and crumbled it against bridges. You don't understand the power of water until you see it. I mean, it's amazing what water and a flood can do. But I'm thankful that the enemy cannot throw anything at the church that like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord cannot stop it. He told Peter, the gates of hell shall not prevail. And it means that it can't hold back what God is going to do in these last days. When you have, if you've ever seen a, 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 a big, a big uh, dam that holds water, and you, you've seen it in movies, when that begins to crack, even though it's enforced by concrete and steel, when that water gets so mighty and so powerful, that dam begins to crack from the top to the bottom, and eventually that water comes through. The enemy has tried to bind the church by the hands behind the back with things like COVID, with things like like sickness. He, he, you look at what he's trying to do with COVID. He's trying to keep the church away from each other. He's trying to destroy unity and bringing opinions. Well, I believe this. Well, I believe this. He's trying to do all these things to handicap the church. But let me tell you, when God does something, the enemy is not going to stop it. No matter how hard he tries, no matter how hard he fights, no matter how much he tries to do, he can't stop the flood that God is going to raise up by His Spirit in these last days. Mama, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against it. Hallelujah. Let's pray over this message now. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You for Your Spirit. God, we can do nothing without your spirit. We can do absolutely nothing without the anointing, the leading, the guiding, the unction of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We realize, Lord, that we're just mere mortal men. But you said that this Holy Spirit, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is in us. And it shall quicken our mortal bodies, our fleshly bodies that are weak that are insufficient. The Holy Spirit will bring life and quicken our mortal bodies to do what you've called us and called us to do in these last days. We give you praise and glory and everybody says, Amen. We must understand as a church and as a people that you are not in this time frame. You are not in this time frame of history for uh, accident or by accident. But you are here for a purpose, church. You have been placed in this time of history for a reason. He told Esther for such a time as this. Esther was outnumbered. The Jewish people was uh, in the midst of the brink of being destroyed. And it looked like there was no hope. The enemy had snuck in and brought captive all the people of God. But God used a lady by the name of Esther to reach the heart of that king. And to bring Mordecai riding up the streets. And they were praising the Jews that they were trying to destroy. Because God raised one person up that was called and set forth for such a time as this. Do you realize, listen to this, do you realize, now listen, predestination, 
Well, predestination, what does that mean? It's been uh, taken and mis misinterpreted predestination they will say sometimes that God has only predestined certain people to be saved that is not true whatsoever in the least everybody has a free will God would not be a just God if he did not allow us to make a choice for ourselves but in God's ultimate and all knowing wisdom he knew that you would be here during this time there was now listen, he called Peter, James, John, Thomas, uh, Matthew. He called the disciples to be there for that time. They were called for that time. But God knew that Tim Owens would be alive in 2022 and still preaching. He knew that Rita and that Rosie would be getting together a women's conference. He knew it. And let me tell you that when God knows something, when He predestines something, when He knows in His ultimate wisdom that it's going to happen, the enemy can try all he wants to but if God has set it into motion, man cannot stop it. I said if God has set it into motion, man cannot stop it. And in these last days, church, get it in your spirit that you're called for this time. That you are the standard. I said you are the standard that God is going to raise up by His Spirit. He said my Spirit is upon you. He's anointed you the gospel. He's called you in these last days for such a time as this. He's called you. Listen, church, you are the standard that Isaiah prophesied about by the Spirit of God. Let me tell you why you're the standard. What did Jesus promise? We heard this. This is something they're saying that he was. He got this from down at the conference. What did Jesus promise? This is good. The last preacher said this in the conference. A, bro a brother from Louisiana. He said, what did Jesus leave us? He didn't, he, he didn't leave us heaven. That's, that's in the future. He, 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 did, he didn't leave us uh, uh, prosperity. He didn't leave us these things. One thing he left us and promised us was power. I said, y'all got to get this. One thing he left us and promised us was power. He told the disciples to tarry. He said, go to Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And, and, then, and then Luke recorded it like that. He recorded it in Acts. And he commanded them to go and stay and tarry in Jerusalem to receive what he left behind. He did not leave behind. Listen, he gives us talent, but that's not what he promised to every person. Some of us may not be able to get up here and play this piano. That's okay. Some of us may not be able to operate that computer. That's okay. Some of us might not be able to do this and that. The one thing that he has promised to every believer is power. He's promised you that if you'll go and you'll seek him and you'll call after that promise of the Father, that you can receive what he has left in these last days. In the last part of his teaching, in the upper room, Jesus taught the disciples on the Holy Spirit. He said, I am going, listen, he said, greater works will you do. Why? Because I go to my Father. What does that mean? When he went to the Father, what did he do? He sent back the Holy Spirit. That's why he said you're going to do greater works. Not because you're greater. 
It's because the greater one lives. I said the greater one lives inside of you. Ma, ma, ma. And we must understand that everything, I'm not talking about 90% or 95% of things. Everything God does on earth is done by and through the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Everything He does. I'm talking when we get up here and sing and it's anointed by God like it was just a few minutes ago. It wasn't because of us. It wasn't because that we were talented and that that plays a part. I'm glad I can get up there and not make a mess and y'all can't focus on what God's doing. But uh, that that's not what it is. He does it by his anointing, by his spirit. What is it that Mary preached it so uh, great a while back? What breaks the yoke? The anointing. The anoint, not the talent. I said it's not talent that breaks the yoke. Uh -uh. It's, it's, it's not talent. It's not your denomination that you go to that breaks the yoke. My, it's not your theology degree that breaks the yoke. Now these things are good and important. But the only thing that breaks the yoke of bondage is the spirit of God. The anointing. That's what we, we understand. Everything God does, He does it by and through the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus was God, but when He operated on earth, He done it as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Peter said that God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, and He went about doing good and healing those that were sick and oppressed by the devil. It's by the Spirit of God. So that tells me... Huh, so that tells me, look at this, and you are witnesses. The reason that you're witnesses is not because, listen, it's not because of the church you go to. It's not because of the amount of scripture that you can remember. It's because you went and you wait and got the promise of the Father. He said, listen, he said, once you receive the promise, he told him in Acts, once you receive the promise of the Father, then you shall be witnesses in yeah, Jerusalem, yeah. in Judea, and in all the world. It's by the Holy Spirit. And listen, we need to be encouraged. I said we need to be encouraged that in these last days, it doesn't matter how bad things get. It doesn't matter how awful that the government starts to look. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter how awful that the government starts to look. We heard good news that they're going to try to overturn Roe versus Wade. We heard that. That's good news. But that, that, that don't mean the battle's over. I said that don't mean the battle's over. That's good news. That's right. It's just the beginning. Huh. Uh, I'm better not say what's got what got in my mind. But listen to this. The government will constantly make mistakes. Why? Because it's not operated by the Holy Spirit. That's right. Amen. It's corrupted. Come on. One of the biggest corruptions that the enemy's trying to bring against the world right now is he's trying to corrupt truth. Uh-huh. Truth. I said he's trying to corrupt yeah. truth. And, and, and make people ask like Pilate did. What is truth? What is truth? I, I'm talking about, I, I mean, truth like like when I drop this Germex bottle, it's going to fall to the ground. Make mess. 
Rita's like, I'm going to clean that. Thanks, JT. <laughs> when I drop this sign, it's better. It's going to fall. What, what's that law called? The law of gravity. The law of gravity. I figured Kyle would know that. He's a homeschooler. <laughs> like me, I was homeschooled for a while. The law of gravity. Come on. You can't put a stop to the law of gravity. And do you realize that there's laws of God? I'm talking about divine, holy laws that don't change. No matter how confused human beings get, these laws still stay the same. He said there's a law of the spirit of life in Christ. Praise God for that. That makes us free from what? The law of sin and death. The wages of sin is what? Death. That's a law. That means if there's sin, then there will be death. That's where death started in the Garden of Eden. It was a divine law that was set by the Godhead. That means that, listen, when Moses received the law of God on Mount Sinai, he received the standard of God. When God said, when he, when the Ten Commandments, when God gave that law to Moses, he was not giving Moses something that had the power of salvation. He wasn't giving Moses something that had the power to set men free. He was just giving Moses what he needed to see to identify his wrong, to identify his sin, to tell him what he expected out of him and out of all of humanity. But there was no power in that. There was no power in that to keep it because man is there's listen there's no good thing within us every person's fallen short so we don't have the power what i'm trying to say and get around to to keep the law and understand this the government can change roe v wade but unless it gets the spirit of god moving the, the hearts of man cannot change you understand this there's a speed limit sign out there that says the speed limit is 55 but how many of y'all have broken that law Listen, they can set a law in place, but that doesn't mean that man's going to keep it. There's only going to be one government that will be perfect, and that's when it's set on the shoulders of Jesus. That's when it's set on Christ's shoulders. But until then, there is a standard. I said there's a standard that God is going to raise against all evil and all bad, and that is the church. The church. Judgment begins in the house of God. In the house of God. The standard in these last days. He told, listen, he told you that you are the light of the world. The salt of the earth, the light of the world. A city that has been set on a hill. And do you realize, somebody said, uh, okay, listen, somebody said that we're living in the Great Tribulation. Do you know what the Great Tribulation is going to be? Let's, let's, let's back up just a second. The Bible says the wrath of God is revealed against sin. But there's something that holds back the wrath of God. There's something that holds it back. Amen, amen, Do you amen. know what that is? The cross holds it back. Now, when, when we operate in a lifestyle of sin, we will see death set in. Come on. 
But if you experience the wrath of God because of all the wrong that you've done, I said because of all the wrong that you've done, you have no idea what that would be like. Come on. But do you realize that Scripture refers to the to the great tribulation as the day of His vengeance? Yeah. It's it's compared to a wine press that God will will crush. What I'm trying to say is that during that time period, God will pour out His wrath on this world. But there's something that you need to get in Scripture. The reason you know that you're not living in the great tribulation is because you are the church. And God said that He has not appointed you to wrath. I said, God said, God said, He's not appointed you unto His wrath, but what unto salvation, unto eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. You have not been appointed unto His wrath. Why? Because you are what He is using in these last days to see souls saved, to go up against the kingdom of darkness. Does that make any sense to us tonight? But until... Time will continue to, uh, to, to uh, present more challenges. That's a better way to put it. It's, you know, I'll say sometimes it's going to get worse. Come on, and and I, I don't like to say that. I really don't. Come on. Because I, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Jacob, trouble. Come on. I hear people say that, that it's going to get worse. I'll tell you, I'm really not a fan of that statement. Because for me, it's only going to get better. Y'all got to get this. For Christians, I hear a lot of Christians go around. I've said this multiple times on multiple occasions, but I have become not a fan of that statement. I've looked at people and said, it's only going to get worse from here. I've heard Christians say, it's only going to get worse from here. But listen, we need to get those words out of our mouth. Because Jesus said, lift up your head. Lift up your head. Don't let your head be facing down. In other words, in a state of, uh, just uh, this is terrible, life is terrible, nothing good's happening, no, there's nothing good. Lift your head up to the sky because your redemption draws not. Listen, it's going to get better for the Christian. As long as you've got the joy of the Lord, it doesn't matter what you go through, what you face, times are going to be okay because you've got God giving you strength, you've got the Holy Spirit moving in your life. But time will present greater challenges. That's where I've started to adopt. Time will present greater challenges. Meaning that 20 years ago when uh, I was uh, just born and when I was going into school during that time, uh, I was starting pre-K. You didn't hear of the stuff that you hear of in the schools now. There's different challenges that's being presented. The enemy is trying harder and harder because he knows his time is getting shorter and shorter. He's presenting, he's 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 unleashing his greatest attacks against the, 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 the younger generation. He's unleashing his greatest attacks against the church. He's unleashing his greatest attacks against 
everybody in this world. But the thing about it is with those challenges that are presented, we've got to remember, church, this is an encouraging message tonight. We've got to remember yeah. that none of those challenges are greater than our God. We've got to remember that none of those challenges, it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to bring, the Spirit of God, I said the Spirit of God, like a flood, like a flood, it'll lift up a standard against His greatest attacks. we got to get this tonight. I don't care how bad He levels an attack against you. God is greater than that attack. That, that's why demons, listen, demons' powers and spirits cannot, I said they cannot go up against the Holy Spirit and win. Amen. They can't do it. God has set him above all power. I said God has set him above all principality and power. They can't go up against the Spirit of God and win. That's why when you get in the presence of God, Rita, Rita's a praying woman. I said she's a praying woman. I'm proud of her. She's a praying lady is a better example. I said. A praying lady. Now there's a lot more of you that are pray prayer warriors. But listen, I'm just going to let you know. Rita's got it figured out. I said she's got it figured out where some of us have not yet got there yet. Is that she has a set time that she spends time in the presence of God. Now why does Rita do that? Because she has figured out that it doesn't matter how hard her day was down at the bank, dealing with the public and their finances. Oh, that's a roller coaster ride. It doesn't matter how hard the day has presented challenges when she walks through those church doors into this room of prayer and, 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 and encounters the presence of God. Every trouble has to go. Every power of darkness has to go. Peter said times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember grandmother sitting me down as a young minister and saying, JT, you can't make it in ministry without a prayer life. And I believe that that. This is just, I can't give you scripture with this right off the top of my head. But I believe that the devil comes at those harder who present a greater, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, a greater challenge to his kingdom. A greater, uh, they're, they're a threat. He comes harder at the ones that are a threat. He comes at everybody. He sends powers of darkness at everybody. But if you want to be, what I'm trying to say is if you want to be used by God, be ready for the powers of darkness to hit you even harder. It'll hit you even harder. And that's why grandmother told me. She said, JT, you cannot do ministry without a prayer life. Why? None of us can. Come on. Why? Why? Because she knew that the enemy would come so hard at me when I stepped up for God. And she knew that in order for me to face what the enemy brought toward me, I had to have the Spirit of the Lord. I couldn't make it. 
Because the standard is not going to be raised up by the flesh. I said it's not going to be raised up by the flesh. But Isaiah prophesied and said the Spirit of the Lord. I said the Spirit of the Lord is what's going to lift the standard. That's what's going to lift the standard. That's what's going to raise the standard. Is the Spirit of God. Paul to the Galatians is saying, how do you think that you were uh, you started in the spirit and you're going to finish in the flesh? It can't be done. That's why we've got to have the anointing in our church services. That's why we've got to have the anointing in our music. That's why they said it over and over at the conference we was at. Entertainment is not going to cut it. I don't come to church to entertain. We shouldn't come to church for entertainment. We come to see the anointing break the yoke. That's what we've got to see. That's what we must see. To see something happen for the kingdom. If we are coming just to entertain, it's not going to cut it. That's why Paul said you cannot start in the spirit and finish in the flesh. That's the, the, the devil is trying to convince the church that was the spirit was poured out in 1906 in Azusa in America. And he's trying to take the church from the spirit to the flesh. He's trying to convince the church to try to finish this race in the flesh with the smoking lights, with the, uh, all the games and all the things. But you've got to have the spirit in a church services. We're not going to finish this thing. Without the Spirit, we're not going to. That's got to be by the Holy Spirit. And this is what God put on my heart tonight. That the standard that He's going to raise up, He's talking about the church, the people of God. But what's going to raise it is the Spirit of the Lord. And if we are not seeking, listen, in, in the book of Revelation, we need to have... Mm, we need to have a Patmos experience in our churches. Somebody needs to say amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about with a Patmos experience? Come on. Tim's over there like, oh, I don't know what you're saying. Does anybody know what I'm saying about a Patmos experience? Where did John say he was at? On the aisle. Hallelujah. And John said he was there for the testimony. This is a Patmos experience. Preaching the word of God. The church needs to have a Patmos experience. We don't need to open any other book in our churches and teach out of it unless it's the word of God. And testifies of Jesus. And for that, a Patmos experience brings persecution. Uh -huh. He was locked on this prisoner island called Patmos, uh -huh. where the worst of the worst, I'm talking about the murderers, yeah. the rapists, I'm talking about the, 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 the whatever you can think of, the worst crime. That's where they were. And here was yeah. John, the last of the disciples, the very last one who would, in history says, cry out on, as they would carry him that I'm the last one that touched him. I'm the last one that walked with him. I cannot die because I'm the last one. The very last one. He had watched his fellow brethren be crucified 
fly upside down, be thrown headfirst off mountains, be pulled and ripped to shreds by horses. He watched it happen. And God had left him for a time. He had left John for a time. John did not understand why he was the only one that would die a natural death. But God had a time for John. He's Listen, church. He's got a time for us. We're living in that time. John may not have understood why he was being sent to an island with all the rapists, with all the murderers. You may not understand why you have to live in a generation with all the immorality, with all the disgusting things that are happening. You may not understand it, but what we must understand is that just as John did in the church of I, John, he wasn't in the church with 7,000 people. He wasn't in the church that was full of all the best things. He said, I, John, that's the only church, that's the only ones he had there. He said, I, John, was on the Isle of Patmos. And when the Lord's day came, I was in the spirit. I was ready for a standard to be raised. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a voice as of a trumpet. You know what God said? That in the last days, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which will remain will be caught up. But what did he say? The angel, the archangel, the Lord will cry. And the, and the trump, he said the trump of God representing the rapture. Listen, John is typifying exactly where we need to be. It's before we hear the trumpet, we need to be in the spirit in these last days and receive the revelation that God's got for us. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Oh, come. Come to the piano. Listen, there is a mm, there is a last day standard. Mary Barley, come up here with me. There's a last day standard that God is wanting to raise. I said there's a last day standard. Mary, just join me arm in arm. There's a last day standard yeah, that God's yeah. wanting to raise. Mary Barley looked at me and said, JT, I just want to be a part of something. I just want to be a part of something before this service. She said, I, and she was talking about the conference I was at. She said, boy, JT, I wish I could have been there. And if I had known Mary, I would have got you and I would have rode with you down there. But she said, Mary, she said, JT, in these last days, I just want to be a part of something good. But let me tell you something, Mary, in these last days, preachers like you, but let me tell you something, church people like you are a part of the greatest time to let your light shine because you are the last day standard. I said you're the last day standard that God's raising up by His Spirit in these last days. In these days, God and He wants to bring a revelation just like He gave to John. It's called the book of Revelation. He showed the apostle John the greatest revelation that any human being has ever had in the spirit. And let me tell you something. I believe, and it's being preached all over the place. Now, if I was going to sit up here and tell you that I've had a vision about it, I haven't. I haven't had God audibly speak to me. But when I go to the word of God, I see too much evidence to believe otherwise. That in the last days, I say in the last days, 
in the last days, God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all of us. God is wanting to do something great in your watching life. God's wanting to do something great in these last days against all the terrible, all the bad things that are happening. God is wanting to do something great and He's waiting for His church to be that standard. I said to be that standard. Sissy, you may think I just came in this thing on the caboose. I just boarded the last car on the train. What am I good for? Let me tell you something, Trish. You might think that you just came in this thing just on the last car boarding on the last train going home. But sis, God had you here about two or three months ago when Mary Bartley was going to preach. He had you here not just to get saved, but to wake this church up. Because we didn't give an altar call. I said we didn't give an altar call. We didn't give an altar call that night. Somebody had to give open for gospel a little slap on the side of the head and say, when there's somebody in the house, you need to give an altar call. And she went to work and said, Mary, don't your church give altar calls anymore? And Mary said, let me tell you something, sis. Next time you come, that altar's going to be open. You remember that? And we woke up. And I don't think we've had a service without an altar call since. Let me tell you something, Sister Trish. God has got you here for a purpose, for a reason. He's called you in this time, sis. There's souls that you're going to touch. You never thought you had the gift. You never thought you had it. But God is going to give you a standard by His Spirit to do it in these last days. You're here and just for business. I said, Paul said it. It's weird. I don't know if any other church is like this, but some random person will just all of a sudden show up at Oakwood Gospel every once in a while. Out of nowhere. I mean, just the most out of nowhere thing. And here's, here's Brother Kyle. He's just here for business. Tell you something. In the book of Acts, Kyle might not be here for a long time. I'm glad to have you here. That's it. We'll use him while we got it. Hallelujah. I listen, I'm not sitting down with Kyle and seeing if our theology aligns perfectly. I don't know. For all I know, he's not come out and said it. He might be Catholic. He's not. But I'm just saying, I'm him just joking. He's not. You're watching Facebook. No, Kyle, he's not Catholic. I'm just saying that. But we've not sat down and discussed what denomination you believe in. We've not done it. We've not sat down and discussed what's your favorite kind of music. We've not done it. We've not sat down and discussed what do you feel about this controversial scripture that tears the church world apart. We've not done that. But let me tell you something. One thing I know is that my brother is a worshiper. I say he's a worshiper. 
Jesus said, He said that there's coming a time that the true worshipers are going to arise. Oh, who worship me in spirit? I said they're going to worship me in spirit and in truth. Kyle, let me tell you something, brother. In the book of Acts, the church didn't stay together. They split up. They went to this part of the world. They went to this part of the world. The enemy tried to split them up, but the Bible says they grew even more. I know you can't be with us forever, brother, but I believe what you've got here in Southwest Virginia, you're going to take it back to Pennsylvania, and you're going to see people touch for God at that camp that you're going to play out, brother. You're going to worship God and see a move of God that's going to stretch all the way from Oakwood. I said all the way from Oakwood, all the way to Pennsylvania, all the way to Kentucky, all the way to Tennessee. It doesn't matter as long as the Spirit of God is in it. We're in this thing together, church. You might be watching on Facebook Live, and you might say, I, I'm faithful to another church, but oh, I enjoy that church service that you're preaching, JT. I don't have anything wrong with my church. They're an anointed church. They preach the truth. But I might just come try your church out for a while. And I might just leave my church. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If God has planted you there, and if the Spirit of God's not dealing with you, you better stay where you are. I said, I'm not saying that because I don't want you to come join us. I'm just saying the same Spirit that's here in Oakwoodville Gospel. It's not just here in Oakwoodville Gospel, but it's down at Tuckwood Pentecostal. It's over at Mansanta Garden Baptist. I said Garden Baptist. It's down at Sam Baptist. It's over at Freedom Ministries. It's down at this church. It doesn't matter. As long as the church has got the Holy Ghost, I said as long as the church has got the Holy Spirit, as I'm closing, listen, in the last days, I don't feel, and I've heard this said by preachers, and I, I agree with it, I don't think it's going to be one big name that's going to lead the, the, the move of God in the last days. In the 80s, God used Jimmy Swaggart all around the world. In the 70s, 60s, and up through the 80s and 90s, God used Billy Graham. Uh, he used Captain Coleman in the 60s and the 70s in the healing movements. Come on. Further back, he used Smith Wigglesworth, all these big names. Now listen, there's going to always be leaders. There's going to always be them, them that are willing to pay the price and lead the people of God. But I believe that in these last days, that it's not going to be a specific name. The focus is not going to be on a specific person. But the church is going to get their eyes and their mind on the Spirit of God. And they're going to realize that it's the Holy Spirit that makes the difference. I say it's the Holy Spirit that makes the difference. It's the anointing that makes the difference in our services. Amen. And I believe that's what we're going to see. Just play something at the soft. Maybe uh, Lord, look your face upon me. Whatever it was. I don't care what you play for the altar call. I don't, I don't even feel like we're going to have an altar call for prayer uh, to lay hands on people or anything. But if you need prayer for something, we want you to come up. We're going to pray for Sister Trish. Dad, you go back there and lay hands on her as we close. But listen, we've got to understand this church. 
we've got to understand this that in the last days challenges are going to come but with every challenge Isaiah said Tim take us back to our scripture he said in the last days he said they will fear the name of the Lord from the west unto the rising of the sun Listen, church, it doesn't matter what the next attack is that the enemy brings. It doesn't matter what the next challenge is that presents itself. Because Isaiah prophesied it, Jesus told us. The Holy Spirit has confirmed it through power and demonstration tonight through his word. That when the enemy shall come in like a flood. It doesn't matter how hard it comes. Like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Get that in your spirit tonight. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you believe it. If you're going to be a part of that standard, and you should stand to your feet if you want to let the Holy Spirit use you in these last days. So if you're on the music, Mary, if you want to, stand here. If you're not going to use the music right now, Mom can play softly if she wants to. Lord, we ask it right now. Lord, if, if, if there's anybody in this place and you see a burning coal in their heart, a desire to be used, God, fan that flame tonight. Lord, let the Holy Spirit empower them. Lord, and, and, and baptize them afresh in the Holy Spirit empower. Lord, just touch them. Lord, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift of God that's inside of the Father. Lord, we ask you right now that your spirit, Lord, would touch hearts and lives in this place. Lord, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would bring about what an understanding in these last days that you're going to move. Lord, that you're going to have a standard in these last days and you're raising your people up to be that standard. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We worship you in spirit. We worship you in truth tonight. We lift our hands to you in victory. In victory in these last days, God. We're going to see a standard raised up by your spirit. We give you praise and glory. Hallelujah.